recording on Monday, May 10th. Not Monday, good lord. Wednesday, May 10th, 2023 at 4.16 p.m. Eastern Time with Miss Sally Saxon, and we are going to discuss uh, the book that, uh, that well, I guess you did in collaboration with Dr. Thorpe, and I'm not even going to butcher the other name. But um, if you could please introduce yourself, Miss uh, Saxon, and then we can jump into the book. Sure. Uh, my name is Sally Saxon, and I'm a retired attorney. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, my most recent um, endeavor has been in writing a book uh, called uh, COVID-19 Vaccines and Beyond, What the Medical Industrial Complex is Not Telling Us. And uh, my two uh, collaborating authors are Dr. Jim Thorpe, uh, who's been on the show before. Uh, many of your audience have probably heard him maybe on multiple interviews on different platforms. He's an OBGYN physician and maternal field specialist. Uh, and then uh, Dr. Deborah Viglione, uh, is who introduced me to Jim Thorpe, uh, is uh, board certified in internal medicine. So she focuses on functional and integrative medicine. She has a clinical practice. And um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I never really intended to set out to write a, what this became. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I had started uh, uh, doing an updated and expanded version of a previous book I'd written a few years ago uh, called Globalists on Trial, The Hidden Agenda to Destroy America from Within. Yes. And uh, yeah, I was going to include a couple chapters on COVID. So I'd already done some research about the vaccines and all. And then, you know, as I heard more interviews with some of the uh, people, especially healthcare professionals at the beginning after the vaccine rollout, uh, and I heard their stories. Sorry, of my window's open. If you hear a siren, that's why. Sorry. Keep going. Okay. No, so I, you know, so I started hearing all these stories, uh, heartbreaking stories of people who had been vaccine injured. And then the initial several ones I heard were among healthcare personnel, you know, who felt they should set the example and do the right thing and, and get the shot. But unfortunately, they got one of the bad batches and uh, had serious injuries. So just looking at the you know, the struggles that they went through with not only dealing with the physical, you know, injuries uh, that they had, uh, but, you know, that caused them to leave their job. And the irony is that in many cases, they got the shot only because they were to required the by their employer to keep in order to keep their job. But then because of the physical injuries they sustained from the shot, they had to leave their employment anyway. And so that's extra sad, yeah. you know, in my book. And then, and so their household income went down while their medical expenses mm -hmm. significantly increased. In many cases, the doctors weren't even recognizing uh, that their physical problems now had any connection to the vaccine. Uh, and they're afraid to write them up, even if they did acknowledge them, because, you know, with the electronic, electronic medical records, you know, and you put down that, oh, somebody, you know, suffered vaccine injury, it can get, you know, the healthcare provider in trouble. So that's, that's a, you know, a sad thing. So the, a lot of these, these injured um, uh, people were not getting any help from their doctors. And in some cases, the doctors just didn't know what the problem was. And they would just say, well, we think it's all in your head. Well, you know, what an insult. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in your head. And I heard this was a common thread through many of the testimonies that I heard. And so you've got that issue. Then you've got the, their insurance companies who wouldn't cover a lot of their uh, extra medical expenses. And so now you've got the household income down, the medical expenses up. Um, and, you know, their employer's not helping them. The government's not helping them. Uh, the drug companies certainly aren't helping them. Uh, nobody's helping them. So it's just very heartbreaking. So initially, I I start out writing, you know, gathering together my data in an effort to you know have something to present to healthcare professionals to encourage them to stop the shots. But then it expanded as I did more research and added more to this report. Um, 
And I eventually got to the point where I realized that, hey, you know, I need to get some professional medical critique of what I'd written and what mm. I'd put together. And so that's when I was introduced to Dr. Deborah Viglione, because she was very uh, active in uh, Florida, in Northwest Florida, for the, uh, you know, health uh, freedom, you know, movement uh, in this area. We all live in North Northwest Florida. And uh, so she immediately introduced me to Jim Thorpe and had him take a look at the, the manuscript. And they both decided, you know, they wanted to help in this effort. And it was never my idea to put their names on the book because yeah. I thought I never would have asked. Yeah. I never would have thought to ask because I knew that, you know, doctors were, you know, really, you know, uh, taking risks at even speaking out yeah. about this, much less putting their name on a book. Uh, but they felt so strongly and they're speaking out anyway. Uh, and they thought, you know, you know, they, they wanted to do that. So it's like, okay. Uh, which is amazing in itself. And so both of these, uh, collaborating authors of mine, I'm, I'm so proud of them and, you know, for the way they are very outspoken, you know, with the truth, uh, about the dangers, uh, posed by the shots and, uh, so I've been very blessed. And then once we got the manuscript done, they started uh, circulating it among some of their friends in the, like Dr. McCullough. Dr. And, Peter and McCullough. Forth. And so next thing I know, we're getting endorsements from, you know, Peter McCullough, Dr. Brian Artis, Dr. Richard Bartlett, Dr. Richard Urso. Uh, we got one from Steve Kirsch, um, attorney Jeff Childers, you know, a lot of those folks that I certainly didn't know. It yeah. was all you know, because of them. And so, you know, that and the, and the comments that they made about the value of the book, you know, like really surprised me because, you know, I thought it was pretty good. But yeah. yeah, you know, to hear the comments that they made about it was was very, very gratifying. Um, so I thought, wow, I got I think we have more here than I thought, yeah. <laughs> you know, we did. Um, so basically what it is, Tommy, is uh it's a compilation and overview of the evidence of a lot of the key issues surrounding the vaccines. Okay. And it's uh, in four parts. Uh, the first part deals with, you know, why these aren't really vaccines and why uh, vaccine isn't necessary in the first place. Um, although I, I present that as a question, you know, was okay. a vaccine really necessary in the first place? And, Besides the fact that natural immunity is better than uh, vaccine immunity, you know, there's some other reasons, you know, too, based on data, again, from the CDC, from Pfizer, using their own data, um, you know, why a vaccine wasn't even necessary. And if we have time, maybe we can identify a couple of those. Sure. But but the uh, then the, the second part, you know, deals with, you know, some of the, the harm that's been caused by the shots. And, you know, like the impact on pregnancy and breastfeeding women, whom I'm sure, you know, uh, Jim Thorpe has uh -huh. talked to you about. Uh, and also the uh, military, the impact on the military has been devastating. And uh, in fact, on my website at sallysaxon.com, have some additional documents like from military whistleblowers uh, that people may be very interested in reading because that chapter in the book about um, what the military whistleblowers have to say and they're uh, one of the attorneys who has been representing them Todd calendar you know it's it's just some pretty devastating uh, things like uh, you you're I'm sure you're aware uh, and probably many of your listeners, how when the shots rolled out and you had the military mandates, all of a sudden the incidence of many different diseases and conditions mm -hmm. just skyrocketed. And, and so, you know, we've got the impact on the military. How about the impact on people 65 and older? Uh, uh, impact on, you know, athletes and children. You know, so many organizations all around the world even were giving very strong warnings. Even Dr. Robert Malone gave very strong warnings, you know, against giving these to children. 
and and yet here we are, you know, and and even um, uh, Eric Rubin, who was I think he's the editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, but he also sat on the uh, the advisory board, uh, the FDA advisory board for the uh, tests you know, for the clinical trials of the test for the, I think it was five to 11 year olds. And, you know, when they determined that, yes, they, it was safe and effective, you know, to give these shots to that age group. And yet uh, he said, well, we won't really know, you know, how safe it is until we actually, you know, give these shots. Which is absurd. Well, aren't you supposed to figure that out before? It's the but, height of uh, absurdity. Yeah. And uh, so there's, yeah, and then another part of chapter two deals with some of the the documentation and information about the poor manufacturing processes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that went into making these vaccines. And uh, even at that point, um, uh, no quality there, there control. Was a lot of evidence. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of evidence that I mean, it was just really bad and a lot of inconsistency. And um, just so there's a lot disclosed about that, and it really causes you to think twice about, wow, what is in these these things? And you might, because sorry, you might you might like to speak to. Uh, I've had her on here a couple times. Once with Dr. Malone, um, Dr. Oddity Bargava, the head of mRNA uh, research at UCSF Medical School. Which, mm. if anyone doesn't know, UCSF is like Harvard's, like the West Coast. Uh, Har Harvard of the West Coast, excuse me. Yeah. Um, and we've actually done a couple episodes specifically on that, like PowerPoints and everything, about the the uneven distribution of the, I think, the lipid nanoparticles and the yeah. mRNA delivery. And mm -hmm. it really, it came down to just total lack of quality control. Yeah. Quality control that you would normally use for something as generic as penicillin or aspirin was not used for something that it would be weird if you didn't use it for something as simple as that. Yeah. They weren't using it for this breakthrough bleeding edge technology. And, right. And, and the information I'm, about the inconsistencies was, uh, was sorry, known. I'm, I'm adding your website to the description right now. I don't, I want you okay. to, whenever I get on my phone, I always want to inform the guest. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not texting. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something for the, for the podcast. Yeah. Okay. But the, the fact that there was a gross inconsistency between batches was known even uh, before the emergency use authorization was given. And uh, there was a leak of documents from the European agency uh, that's the uh, kind of counterpart to the FDA. And uh, they noted that as a major objection, you know, just a few weeks before it was, it was actually rubber stamped as, you know, okay, we're good to go. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Michael Yeadon, I don't know if you've I've ever. Tr I've tried to get him on here so many times. I, I cannot for the life of me. He's yeah. one of, there are a couple of elusive unicorn podcast guests that I just can't, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry for a bit of a, a side tangent. It's one thing if like I'm trying to get the president and obviously it's difficult <laughs> to get them, but there are some guests that I've had on everyone around them. And for some reason, I, I mean, it might just be the answer my ego doesn't want to hear. Maybe you checked out the podcast and it's like, yeah, I don't like this yeah. guy. Yeah, come to think of it, I haven't really seen him on many interviews He's, recently can't, either. Can't find him Mainly with uh, attorney Reiner Fulmich and and uh, those kinds of uh, programs. But uh, for those who don't know, um, Dr. Michael Yeadon was a former vice president of Pfizer and uh, their chief. Uh, scientific officer of one of their divisions or departments. The, I think the allergies and histamines division or something. Yeah, and and so he has a lot of the inside scoop. He's been in the industry for many many years, and uh, so I include a lot of his uh, statements from different sources that I compiled, and they're pretty damning, you know, actually. And and part of it, and and part of what he was saying, like concerning the manufacturing process was that, okay, if you got even one major objection, you know, from the regulatory agency, uh, as you were trying to get, you know, approval for your, your new drug, uh, you know, that was a major thing. He said, you know, heads would roll. Mm 
-hmm. And in the case of the European um, agency that was reviewing uh, all the you know documents and things that had been submitted uh, for them uh, to uh, in the process of getting the emergency use authorization from them, you know, it it came out that there were like I think seven major objections, wow. not even just one, and yet three weeks later, which uh, Dr. Michael Eden said, there's no way in the world that you anybody could have corrected uh, and resolved all of those major objections in three weeks. So it's just kind of like rubber stamp, you know, doesn't matter, uh, just full speed ahead. And yeah. you gotta wonder, um, I'm always trying to look into the, the psychology behind it. And obviously it's, it's a spectrum, the answer is not black and white. It's not as innocent as, well, we were all scared of a pandemic, and it's also not as diabolically and centrally controlled as a bunch of guys in, in rooms smoking cigars going, and now we're going to do this. It's somewhere in between, and I don't know enough about it, but I always think about the 1986 Challenger explosion, and they mm-hmm. call it um, they call it go fever, and I think that's mm-hmm. the definition, and it's when the entire apparatus of something is just moving forward, and go fever is distinct from... I would say maybe like entrance into Vietnam or maybe the kind of rushing through of the Patriot Act after 9-11 or the the kind of bum rushing of we're going to invade Iraq now because those are there's a lot of money to be gained in those mm-hmm. and there's a lot of power. So those I don't think we can classify as go fever. NASA seems a little innocuous, but the point is it's either money and power or it's just this sort of group think don't slow down the don't slow down the armada the, you know all the it's 10 aircraft carriers we're going to take on Okinawa it doesn't matter if one person falls off like it's this go 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 fever and yeah. i think it's a mixture of both of those sorry to sorry to interrupt well, yeah no uh, that's fine uh, and actually i'll talk about this more in a, a few moments but um you know actually based on the probably more than 1,500 hours or so of research that I've done just on the vaccines, uh, not including thousands of hours on other kind of related subjects, uh, I would say that it's worse than that. Okay. Um, but uh, but in any event, so th- that that's part two of the book. Part okay. three deals with, you know, have the uh, are the vaccines effective? Have they been effective? And there we get into a discussion of like no. the risk benefit analysis, you know, and all that doctors are saying, you know, like uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny and, and others say, uh, there is no benefit. It's all risk, yeah. you know, because, and we've seen even admissions now coming from some of the regulatory agencies and, and, and Pfizer you know, itself, you know, that, okay, well, it doesn't prevent infection. It doesn't pre- prevent disease. It doesn't prevent transmission. They admit they never tested whether it prevents transmission. Uh, and and then their fallback position, well, even though it doesn't prevent all those things, uh, you know, it still lessens the severity of, you know, the, the symptoms uh, and helps to prevent hospitalization disease. Well, according to Dr. Ryan Cole and others, they think, there's absolutely no evidence to support that claim. It's just a claim, which is like so many other claims that have been made uh, by you know, the Fauci and the drug companies and CDC, FDA. Lots of claims, but where's the evidence? And even when there is evidence, you know, so often it's manipulated or just outright misrepresented or you know something. And you know, from the standpoint of a lawyer, it's like it's so many points of fraud Hmm. anyway so the risk benefit analysis and we include you know some different analyses that have been done by different people and they say it's just not even close the risks far out outweigh the benefits so uh you know so what's the point in getting these and and even in the uh well steve kirsch i don't know if he pointed this out on the program recently but the um Oh, the uh, Cleveland Clinic study, mm-hmm. uh, where they uh, did a study of their 51,000 employees to see 
what the effect of the vaccine was on its employees. So if you got one shot, two shots, three, four shots, uh, and he points out that actually the 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 charts uh, representing the data they came up with was was just the opposite of probably what they had hoped or intended because it showed that for each shot that you got, each COVID shot you got, uh, you were more likely, you know, to get you know, uh, COVID. And, uh, and that's the second part of the effectiveness, uh, you know, issue that, that we go into in the book is it's called negative efficacy, meaning it does more, it's not only just ineffective, it's worse than that because it leaves you worse off than if you hadn't had it. It's not a it's not a saline injection. Yeah, so uh, so that's that's a major issue. And then we get to part four, which in some ways is my favorite part of the book. Although I shouldn't call it favorite, but what I think is one of the most important parts of the book. I'll put it that way uh, because that deals with the big picture. Yes. In which all things COVID fit into. Yes. And uh, also what is in the shots, mm. you know, based on the research by many independent researchers all over the world and uh, who examined, you know, the vials under various kinds of microscopic examination uh, uh, and vials from different manufacturers mm -hmm. in different countries. Uh, but they had very similar types of results um, around the world. And so the big picture is really important to know because uh, it affects everything. If, if people don't understand the big picture that all things COVID fit into, and uh, then they can be easily deceived. Mm. And so what we have here, uh, you know, is that, uh, you know, there is, um, you know, a group of people, mm -hmm. some people call them wealthy elites. Yep. I call them globalists. Yep. Some people call them cabal, mm -hmm. other kinds of names. Uh, it is not conspiracy theory. Uh, it's conspiracy in fact. Mm -hmm. And, and in the book, one of the, you may be familiar with this quote, Tommy, by, mm -hmm. uh, David, David Rockefeller, who wrote in his memoirs, uh, that uh, he said, you know, people kind of accuse me and my family of of uh, being part of a secret yeah. cabal Guilty. working against the best interests of the United States, you know, it, you know, conspiring to, uh, you know, establish a like a one world mm -hmm. political economic you know structure. I stand guilty as charged. Yes, I plead guilty as charged, he says. And yeah. so, you know, in the law, we call that an admission against interest. When somebody makes an admission like that, that other people would think is detrimental to that person's reputation or something, then it it has a high credibility value. Hmm. In other words, he's probably telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, and, you don't say something about yourself unless it's true. Yeah, and what I said earlier, it's not... A couple guys in a room smoking cigars i i i do believe it is a top-down cabal but i always try to for my own i guess the value of keeping a, a limber mind i always try to throw out all possible ideas it's maybe it is just chaotic um emergent phenomena and there's no one behind it or maybe it's truly a top-down group of illuminati so when i said that earlier i didn't mean to disparage it i just i try to throw out everything and keep an open mind because if I don't keep an open mind and I just decide what the answer is before I even hear the facts well then there's it's an opinion and that means nothing that all right. being said yeah it's too obvious and the the benefits are too unique and numerous for it to just be a fluke it seems right. very right. much so I mean, with military precision and planning, an intended operation. Yeah, exactly. And so I want to commend you on the way you <laughs> approach these things and with the open mind, because, you know, that's... You have to. You, yeah, you have to. And I encourage people, when it comes to any major controversial issue, yeah. 
you know, you're deciding well, who's, who's making money, who's getting power, who's consolidating control. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, the legacy media, the controlled corporate media are saying this, but then we've got these uh, doctors like Dr. McCullough, Dr. Thorpe, Dr. Viglione, Dr. Urso, yeah. all, all the Brian artists saying, no, uh, you know, we've got a problem here. Uh, these are very dangerous. So who, how do you know whose report to believe? And so uh, looking at it, you know, from a lawyer's standpoint, I encourage people to look at controversial issues from the standpoint of a jury as though you were the defendant. Mm -hmm. And how would you want your jury to consider the evidence yes. you know, in the trial? You know, whether it's criminal or civil, it doesn't matter. Uh, do you want to... Uh, do you want the jury only to hear and consider the prosecutor or the plaintiff's attorney's case? You know, uh, which is what I call like the court of public opinion. Mm -hmm. That's the legacy media uh, versus independent media, you know, like yourself. Um, and uh, so, but a lot of people, you know, they're still too, too much tuned in to CNN, MSNBC, and some of those. Um, or, you know, for others, it's it gets into the big lie, like that Hitler told. Mm -hmm. The bigger lies the bigger the uh, are easier for people to believe than the smaller lies. Because uh, it normal for normal people, uh, it's we just can't imagine that people that we have entrusted, uh, you know, with our, our health and to make other decisions that impact our lives in major ways, you know, it's difficult for us to believe that they could do anything intentionally to harm us. Uh, you know, people that we should be able to trust, like the government, you know, the drug companies and, and others. So it's very difficult for a lot of people to think that they could possibly be lying. And of course, the healthcare providers, I think, from their medical education, you know, we're brought up, you know, trained because controlled by the Rockefellers and, you know, these same people, the, the globalist elites controlling magical education and the training. So they're taught, you know, and ingrained with, you know, trusting the CDC and the FDA. And, you know, this is the way that you you treat this and that. But, you know, in this case, uh, you know, what I encourage people to do, and there are a lot of questions throughout the book. You know, when I present certain kinds of evidence or statements that the CDC you know, made or Fauci or somebody, it's like, why? Why would they do that? Or why would they change this definition? Or why, why would they do something that kind of doesn't make sense? Like changing the definition of what it even means to be vaccinated. Yeah. When they're, well, you know, if you're trying to, uh, a stat, if you're trying to create the perception that there's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, uh -huh. then you need to get as many people in that uh, unvaccinated category as you can who are being hospitalized and dying you know, from COVID. So if you change the definition of who is vaccinated to include, uh, or if you're Excellent. going to change the definition of who's unvaccinated to include people who actually did get one or more shots, but they died or were hospitalized within 14 days, and then you call them unvaccinated? Mm -hmm. You know, they had one, two, three, who knows how many shots. It's like that skews all the data. And But those are the kinds of things they did. And in fact, you know, one thing that kind of really struck me was it's not only or on every, on virtually every point, where the globalists and the people at the top uh, who were promoting this campaign, on virtually every point that they could have lied, just made something up, suppressed, censored, manipulated data, misrepresented data, you know, they did. I mean, even if I'd been playing devil's advocate, which I don't like to do, mm -hmm. I don't want to be on that side. Yeah. Even if I were doing that, I don't think I could ever have come up with as many ways to deceive people as they did. Yeah. So many things to lie about and uh, claims, unfounded claims to make. It, it's really quite astounding. So 
what is the 100,000-foot view? What is the reasoning behind it? Is it, and I'll go first and say, at first I thought it was a money grab. I don't think it's a money grab anymore because they've mastered the money grab over the last century and a half. And so you just start a war. He's right. Yeah. You, you go blow up a school and then start a war. So they've, they've mastered it. They got it down pat. It's tried and true. This seems like it's so much effort and there's so much propaganda and they're so fanatic about people getting the shots yeah. that it doesn't seem like if you wanted to just make money, you do an 08 financial crisis, you do a, you know, a bunch of toxic loans or you'd, you know, you'd go start a war. This is, it seems like there's another reason behind it. And I don't know if it's from the extreme of like the Malthusian hypothesis of they want to decrease fertility or if it's just they want to kind of enact, it has nothing to do with the vaccines and it's all about uh, shifting the Overton window to the government can force you to take injections and the government can force you to wear digital or have digital IDs and thus, and the government now has reason to shut down misinformation. And then from there you could do mission creep and go misinformation also applies to the Hunter Biden laptop or inflation stats or Ukraine involvement. And there seems to be a lot of different levels of what the reasoning could be, but I don't think it's just money. What are your thoughts? Uh for sure. It goes beyond greed. It goes beyond corruption. It goes beyond just wanting to control and micromanage people's lives. Mm -hmm. And this is the, the bigger agenda that the globalists have. And uh, that's part of the big picture is what is their bigger agenda that they're they're leading up to? And, you know, how does COVID, all things COVID, including the vaccines, fit into that agenda? And um, this is in, you know, addressed in part four of the book. And this was by far the most difficult thing I ever had to write. Yeah. Because it's, in fact, I, I, I struggled a lot with, you know, what to include, what not to include. But, you know, people need to know the truth about what's really going on. Because, you know, it's not, and it's not enough just to know what the agenda is. And I'll, I'll speak to more about what the agenda is actually is based on the information that we know. Uh, it's not just they need to know what the agenda is, but also I think it's very important for them to understand the ways and methods, the strategies and tactics that the globalists use mm. to deceive people, to get them to go along, you know, with the agenda, because, you know, when there's a crisis situation, people don't, make decisions or do the same things or act the way they would if it weren't a crisis. So that's like one of the, the strat, their favorite strategies yeah. is if they don't have a natural crisis, make you know, one. that arises that suits their, you know, their goals, then they create their own crisis or at least the perception of a crisis, which is what we have here. Yeah, and and that's express you know shown in the book through all the different kinds of manipulation. And it goes back to was a vaccine ever ever necessary in the first place? Mm. Like oh yeah, on based on the CDC's and Pfizer's own data, like no, it it wasn't. And so uh, why I go to your question that you just raised? Why are they so hell bent then on getting you know people injected, <clears throat> every person on the planet? And, and so, you know, the bigger agenda, you know, goes beyond, you know, the, the greed goes beyond the, you know, desire to control, uh, because at its root, this is a spiritual war mm -hmm. yeah, and you've but... got, you know, it's, it's, it's about good versus evil and it's a very anti-God, you know, Yeah, agenda. that's the, that's the, when you boil it all down, it comes down to, Literal demons from hell and people who just love life and want to be free and go forth and prosper. Yeah. And so we've got this war and it's the, those who want to play God, the global, mm -hmm. global, and then God connecting with God, having a personal relationship with God and the agenda, you know, with the, the great reset, 
Klaus Schwab, Noval, you, uh, uh, Noval Noah Harari. Harari, and some of the incredible statements that he makes that, oh my gosh, wild, that, yeah. does he really believe those things? But they're, you know, they're talking about, you know, genetic editing, gene editing, changing what it means to be human, integrating technology and artificial intelligence with the human body so that uh i don't you may be too young to know about the the million dollar six million dollar man uh and the bionic woman tv series vaguely remember i've yeah, i mean i know of them yeah well okay so they that was kind of predictive programming i mm -hmm. think you know, they're making it look really cool that hey you know you're part machine part human you can do all these incredible things that normal humans can't do and so they make it look very attractive and that's part of the deception and they package their their masters at deception and packaging what's really an evil thing in ways that make it look good uh, and attractive and beneficial so that people will go along. So that's why I say if you don't know their strategies and tactics and ways and methods, you can easily be deceived. Okay, so their agenda, and it goes beyond just you know, what's called transhumanism, mm -hmm. where, you know, you're maybe hybrid, part human, part machine, you know, artificial. But even, um, you know, now the thing is synthetic life okay. forms. That's where it, you no longer even need a man and a woman yeah. to procreate a new human being. Uh, they're, they're trying to... I think the ultimate goal, because completely break away. Yeah, you know, God created male and female in Him, His image, told them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So take everything that's just the opposite of that. And if you have a synthetic, a, a, a being that's totally synthetic, and not no longer any part human. And you've just got these AI robots, or I don't know exactly how they intend this to to work. Uh, you know, you, you are getting so far away from the original design of creation. And mm. that's why everybody really has to make an intentional choice as to what side of the war are they going to be on? Do you want to align with people who are carrying out what it can only be called an evil agenda and changing what it means to be human. And that's why you end up with, you know, in the shots, one of the big impacts is infertility, mm -hmm. both on the male and female side. Uh, and, uh, and then the huge uh, impact increase in stillbirths and miscarriage. You know, I'm sure uh, Jim Thorpe's talked mm -hmm. about with you. And, uh, you know, and then all the people who are dying suddenly you know, even teenagers mm -hmm. sitting at their desk in school now, all of a sudden, uh, they die of a heart attack. Um, and they've been putting these shots in the young kids. Fortunately, I think not as many uh, young kids have gotten the shots as they had hoped, but they keep pushing now, you know, they're adding it to the childhood schedule. And, and so there's a real threat mm -hmm. to the existence of the human species. If the globalists are able to fully carry out their agenda. But while the globalists have their great reset that they're frantically working toward and, and desperate, uh, God has his great reset. Many call it the great awakening. Mm -hmm. I think it's about uh, an awakening, um, not just uh, you know people listening to shows like yours, Tommy, where they're learning the truth and what's really going on uh, from uh, the guests that that you have that are sharing about their particular field. Uh, so it's not just the truth about what's really going on, but it's also um, an awakening uh, spiritually. You know, where people are being awakened to see, like, gosh, how am I going to cope with these? horrendous things that are going on all around. And, you know, the economy's got huge problems. Uh, our physical health were threatened because now it's not just people who got the shots that are, uh, you know, vulnerable or uh, kind of in trouble or, you know, suffering. 
but it's everybody because they're taking the mRNA and the nanotechnology and, you know, through different ways of getting it, of aerosolizing it, Mm -hmm. the air, even putting things in the water, in the foods, in all the different products we use, you know, skin creams, shampoos, you name it, you know, everything. It's like they're leaving no stone unturned. Mm. And so what I what I also included in here is starting right at the beginning, kind of in chapter at the beginning of chapter two, is about a word of caution, uh, but also a word of encouragement. The word of caution is that there's many things in here that that people may find difficult to accept. Uh, but there's over 600 footnotes in there. So, you know, there, it's highly cited, which is one of the things I think Peter McCullough noted in his, well, and several of the other endorsers noted, that it's highly cited and referenced. Uh, it's not just a bunch of opinion, you know, what I think about things. Uh, but, uh, so, the word of caution is that the, a lot of these truths may be difficult to accept. Yeah. And, you know, especially for maybe people who've gotten the shots or people who are administering the shots mm. or recommending the shots. But, but the point I make is that no matter, well, that there are solutions uh, that are, that more and more people are discovering now, you know, different kinds of products and treatments that can help uh, the vaccine injured for example, and those struggling, still struggling with long COVID, you know, symptoms, there are some natural solutions, but even to the extent that man's best efforts are not able to bring a person to full recovery Mm. physically, uh, nothing is impossible for God. And, you know, I, I, I could tell you a whole bunch of different testimonies of, you know, miracles, outright miracles or healings that God has done, we're not just talking thousands of years ago, we're talking now, today, in recent years. You know, I mean, he's a miracle working God and nothing is impossible, no matter, you know, what the problem is, even whether it's physical, emotional, because there's a lot of emotional, uh, you know, impacts as well with the fear. And some people are still very fearful. Mm. Well, we don't have to live in fear. You know, uh, when when you know God and you're connected to God and 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 you see uh, how he works and you know his benefits, it's like, wow, mm. you know, he he's the, the source. He's what we need. And uh, he's given us uh, many promises and he's faithful to those promises. So uh, there is always hope with God to overcome all the emotional impacts, the trauma you know, depression, the hopelessness, worthlessness, you know, just so many, you know, negative emotional impacts, as well as the financial impacts. You know, so many people have been just financially devastated over these last few years, you know, as, as you know, and it's like, how, how do we recover? And then what about the, the damage that's been done to the land mm. in terms of pollution or the the lack of nutrients in the soil and and just you know just poisons in in the land uh itself well god's able to do those too and there's take care of that and there's precedent for that and in fact you know the the bible you know speaks very specifically to that you know and and provides god's prescription for healing the land Hmm. you know too so so I want to leave people with hope yeah. that no no matter how bad the bad things about COVID and the shots you know, are, uh, the good is better than the bad is bad. Hmm. Good news is better than the bad news is bad. And uh, but you know for what's coming, we we I mean we don't even know how how bad or much worse things may get than they are already, but we need to be prepared. And I think one of the first lines of defense is having that personal connection relationship with God, because who else has, I mean, he's the creator. He's got the ultimate power. His power is greater. And we know in the end he wins. But in the meantime, between where we're at right now and 
you know, that ultimate victory, uh, you know, uh, I don't know about you, but I, I can't handle it by myself. No. You know, uh, I wouldn't want to. Yeah. Ride's going to get a little bumpy. Um, I do like, uh, <clears throat> I'd love to have you back on to talk about that, uh, that deviation to transhumanism and then fully synthetic life. And, and if you really boil it down, it seems like at the core of it all is if God gives free will, free will implies freedom, freedom to make mistakes, freedom to learn versus this idea of total control, top down control, control of censorship, control of your thoughts with brain implants, and then control of life itself through synthetic biology. Yeah. It seems to be the total opposite. That evil always it always appears that it has a, a root desire to project control, to have dominion over you. It doesn't want you to make your own decisions versus yeah. love is very much so you don't need to tie down your partner. Your partner loves you and they they, they want to be your dog is always gonna come back to you. You're always gonna come back to your dog. There's no chains between you and that's what true yeah. Right, true loving is is you're free to go do what you want to do and go make your mistakes. Versus evil is always grip. It wants a hard grip on your soul, on yeah. your heart, on your body. And yeah. at the very core, that seems to be it is is, is free yeah. will versus driven automatons. Yeah, and and also you know one thing that we learn from the scriptures is that the devil masquerades as an angel of light. Oh yeah, no. You can only counterfeit the real thing. He's a tricky he's a and tricky bastard. Counter, yeah, the counterfeit is packaged very nicely. Very well. It looks very, you know, very nice, very pleasurable, very beneficial on the outside. It's a fishing board. When you get deep into it, it's like, uh oh, you know, the the ultimate effect is just the opposite. And and so, you know, the devil as a created being uh, can only counterfeit what God and then deceive people into thinking that, you know, it's the better thing and uh, the better way to go. Um, but, yeah, so I, I guess I would just want to leave people with the fact that it's really extremely important to be informed mm -hmm. and to know what the globalist agenda is but also to know what their ways and methods and, and strategies and tactics are, which I go into more in the other book that I'm hoping to finish later this year about the globalists on trial. But, you know, there's a lot of these things in, in, the, in this book as well, which is, by the way, available on Amazon. I have the link in the description for everybody listening. Yeah, it's on, on Amazon. And, uh, and, and then also, um, you know, choose what side you're going to be on. Yeah. Um, you know, God's side or the side of those who are trying to play God, mm. who, like like Tommy was just talking about, just, you know, the control and lack, lack of freedom and just all the negative things. It, it's like, who really wants that? Yeah. But when we know what God offers, what he's made available to everybody, it's like it becomes irresistible. Mm. Like, Wow, if we knew, we'd want what God offers. But here's another point uh, I'll just throw in too. The people, remember that the people who have lied to us about all things COVID, who've lied to us about all these other crises and things, the Federal Reserve and all these other um, institutions, all these other things going way back, it's the same people who lied to us about those have, who control the major media. The legacy media have also lied about God hmm. and yeah. his goodness and his love. And, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. I... So if you're feeling enslaved or controlled, then, you know, you can, you can be set free from that and, and come into the freedom that God, you know, makes available to us without fear. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, being able to, you know, get rid of the trauma and all those things. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, also, just w one last point I'd like to make is, sure. um, you know, this, okay, we're giving away as many books, a lot of books, you know, ourselves, because our, our mission is to help wake people up who aren't aware 
of all these things. And so, you know, we've been told like, this is a good resource to wake people up. Mm-hmm. And so I would really encourage your, uh, your audience to, you know, check out the book, not only to read it for yourself, but we need a little army of people who can help, you know, put a copy into the hands of somebody who really needs it. Sure. And, you know, you can't force them to read it, but, you know, hopefully it'll be, make them curious enough to at least take a, a look at a few pages. And if they look at, you know, a page or two or three, they may end up reading a lot more. And uh, because if they, if they don't have it in their hands, they aren't likely to even know about it you know, much less to buy it. Uh, but if somebody that they know, you know, gives them a copy and puts it in their hands, they're much more likely to read it because our country, I believe our country cannot afford to have a large percentage of our population be unaware hmm. of these really important things because the stakes are extremely high. You know, it's not just a matter of life and death here, but even eternity and hmm. what, you know, how do, how do we deal with all the the stuff that the globalists may throw at us next yeah you know well i'd really love to have you back on i'd love to kind of go down the whole transhumanism and then transcendence as a whole i think that would be a uh i think that would be a cool episode to do kind of walk those ideas out and play around with those if you're interested of course yeah sure uh of course yeah there may Absolutely. I'll have I think, to do more homework in the meantime. I'll do some too, and uh, I'll, I'll text you after this, and we'll we'll schedule that. Um, but for now, Miss Sally Saxon, we need to wrap this one up. Thank you so much for coming on. You are you are brilliant, and I genuinely look forward to talking to you again. I really want to get into that synthetic biology thing that that that's that sparked a, a train of thoughts in my mind. Um, but guys, in the description is the book, uh, your website, and um, please go check out the book. And yeah, ultimately, you know, don't despair. Don't be depressed. Don't take the black pill. You know, find God's light, I think, is probably the takeaway. Yeah. Miss Saxon, thank you so much. I will text you right after this. And okay, thank you so much, Can't Tommy. wait to chat again. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for Likewise. watching, everybody. Stay safe. Peace.